Welcome to Annie's Pink Chair, where we bring real, raw, relevant issues to the table and solutions from a woman's perspective. And I have my friend in the studio, sitting in the pink chair, Lori Trotter. I've known this beautiful person for 30 years, more than 30 years. And we were talking on our last show about working on the Las Vegas Strip as by the way, and I don't care what people say, well, you were just a prostitute. I considered myself, and I don't know about if you did too, high-class call girl. I'm a man, I remember one night I had on a nice Versace suit, I was looking great, and he wanted to take me out all night, dinner, shopping, all of it. And then he said to me, because I was very hood, um, and he said, why do you talk like that? And I said, like what? And he said, like, you're ignorant. I went, whoa. And so we were also talking about last week how it's kind of like we were in this underground realm. Like nobody really knew. The Only the vice knew about what we were mm -hmm. doing. The police officers, they were they would catch us in the casinos and they would yell our names across. The, you remember being yelled at by vice? Oh, my God. I, I would hear, Lobert! You know, because yeah. they didn't know how to say my name the real way, Lobert. But they were like, Lobert! And I'd yeah. be like, oh, I'm running faster now. I'm running faster. Yeah. I'm going to duck my head, run into the bathroom, stay there for a couple hours. But they always came in and got me, and I got arrested. And, you know, I, I know you got arrested, too. I hated getting arrested. Oh, I still know my booking number. I mean, yeah, it's illegal <laughs> what we were doing. It still is illegal in Las Vegas, yet it's going on right now as we speak. The majority of the women, I don't know about you that you knew, but the majority of my friends, they all had pimps, managers, traffickers uh, that were yeah. managing their money and... You know, and, and honestly, like, really, what, what did what you get you when do? you left? Nothing. I can't say really. What did, what did we really get? I remember when I broke up with him and, you know, we had a kind of different situation. We were going to get married and get out of the life together and then things fell apart. That's a whole nother story. But, you know, he said, what do you want for you every year? You got angry, remember? He, he said, what do you <laughs> want for, for every year? I said, for every, he said, you know, what do you want? And then uh, I'll take a I said, 20 I'll take, million. Thank no, you. I was like, I'll take 10,000 for every year I was with you. And he laughed because I probably gave him over ten million. Who knows? Yeah, like, of course I you it. did. I, and, and so, what made you get to that number ten thousand? Because I was like, I want at least ten thousand a year. And I figured, well, maybe he'll be comparable to that. You know, we were together ten years, so maybe. And he was like, he just laughed, but that's okay. Um, you know. And then, so he ended up not doing that then. No, but he we parted. He, we yeah, but I got to keep my car. You know, we parted separately because we were engaged and. Things just fell apart. Um, I wanted him to choose me, and he kept. And I told him, "You can't have both of us anymore. So you, you got to pick." Yeah, you guys got caught up in that business turned into like a relationship, yeah. and you you started loving him. I did, just like I loved mine. I yeah. loved him. I would yeah. have died for that guy. Yeah. Like that's the sacrifice that we make, mm -hmm. right? And I saw a bunch of my friends die, get murdered, me too. and girls committed suicide. I saw pimps get murdered. Yeah. Do you remember that murder that happened at Fuddy Duddy's that night? No. Yeah, I never that guy really, got he shot always right in the me, chest. He always kept me away from so, the drama. So here, here's what I want. I want to be sensitive because yeah. we know that trafficking's real, that sex trafficking happens to a lot of the ladies that get into this game. And also, you know, if there's tr transsexuals or trannies or little boys, young men, they, they there's a pimp sometimes. That, yeah. That's what happens. But at the same time... I've always talked about this. I want to be sensitive to this because I don't want anyone to get mad with what I'm about to say and share. But I talk about it in my book. My ex-trafficker, actually both of them, they had a really bad childhood. Yeah. And they didn't have anything growing way? up. Yet yeah, there's always a creation mm -hmm. for any monster that's growing and getting bigger. There's a creative factor behind that. There's a geome. 
I know with my ex-trafficker, he was beat by his mother. And his dad took off when he was a little kid. He never got to know his father. He never had a father. Right. Hurt people hurt people. Right. And it's the generational curses. So I'm wondering what happened. I mean, I know that yours wasn't perfect, obviously. I'm pretty sure because he was... um, what was his geom? What was the background for what he... Probably growing up with about 15, 16 brothers and sisters and having much of nothing. His father died when he was young. His um, So they, they grew up in poverty then. Mm-hmm. And then also, so he told me his story was when um, he, uh, he was a shoe salesman yeah. and a girl turned him out. Wow. A girl turned him out. A girl turned him out. So what that means, everyone, a turnout means you got turned on to the sex industry, to the game, learned how to be a pimp, learned how to be a call girl, a prostitute, a a stripper, whatever it is, turned out to the game. So a girl turned him out. To be a pimp. Mm -hmm. That is crazy. Mm -hmm. So it was on. You know, I I really want to be mindful because I know there's not just going to be women watching this that have been in the game, but there's also players. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's traffickers and pimps. And I'm not sympathizing at all. What I am saying is they're human too. Yeah. Lori, think about this. Do you think Jesus would have loved them? Oh, God, yes. You know, I think about that because if you And he still does. I was going to tell you one of the scriptures you asked me. Abraham, his own sister, which was Sarai, he gave her to the king. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And didn't tell the king that that was his wife or his sister. Yeah. And some people look at Abraham as as sort of like a trafficker because he was willing to do that to save his own life. Yeah. So did he do that? Was that the reason? We don't know. But I just want to anyone else that's watching this right right now, anyone that's watching this, you know, you're not too far gone that God can't scoop you up and love on you. You don't have to be defined on what you used to do or where you are now. Yeah. You can change and become better. You don't have to be a pimp. You don't have to be a trafficker. You don't have to be a prostitute. You don't have to be a a call girl. You don't have to be a sex trafficking victim. That's right. You don't have to be this person. You don't have to be a manipulator anymore. You can change. We're living proof. Yeah. God has changed both of our lives. We're going to be right back because we're going to hear the rest of Lori's story and how she actually got out and changed her life for the better. It's story time from the Destiny House. I was once lost, trapped in human trafficking from the ages of 14 to 30. As a teenage runaway, a pimp tricked me into working into a brothel in the deep south. Far out in the country, it was locked, heavily guarded facility. I endured months of being broke, which entailed severe beatings and sometimes being chained to a bed and forced to service customers. Eventually, I became mentally conditioned and resigned that this was to be my life. I stayed in the game for 15 years under the control of three different pimps. The year I turned 30, I decided I couldn't live another day like this. I ran away, went home to my family. I quickly married, gave birth to my beautiful children, pushing all the trauma and pain deep down inside me. Eventually, it manifested into addictions, which I fought for years. Over and over, I would get my life together, and then the pain of my past would surface, and I'd tear the good stuff down. Then I met Annie and got the opportunity to come into Destiny House. Since being here, I have been able to work through my demons and embrace the love that Christ has for me. Through the work I'm doing here, I have hope for my future because it is now being built on the foundation of God. That's from our friend Tina. This is Destiny House. We bring ladies into our program and we give them a brand new chance at their lives from being trafficked and tortured by their pimps. And I just want to encourage you to partner with us. We really need your partnership right now. We need to keep the electricity on. We need to keep the girls fed. We need to keep the girls taken care of by our 
staff and everyone that supports them and the counseling. So you can go to hookersforjesus.net and click on donate and you can give through PayPal or SecureGive. Thank you so much. Welcome back. I have Lori Trotter in the pink chair today and we're talking about some deep stuff. You guys, just to let you know, this is probably an X-rated or R-rated show today. We're talking about some trafficking stuff. We're talking about how a pimp actually turns into a pimp. You know, does God love pimps? I mean, let's, let's, let's just elephant in the room. Let's talk about it. Does God love a sex trafficker or a, a, a man or a woman that turns into a madam or a pimp? Does he love them, Lori? Hate the sin, love the sinner. Mm-hmm. Period. We're all sinners. So, so they, they, they sin maybe just a little differently than us. Maybe That's they, what I say. And, just and, because I sin differently than you, it doesn't make me any better. And so this is the thing too, is that you know, with someone that becomes a controller, a per- perpetrator that, 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 that preys on weaker individuals that, you know, whatever, or if they, they can't, like your guy came to you, Hey, I'm a business person. This is what it's going to be. He was honest with you. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. Take it or leave it. And you're yeah. like, cool. I'm going to take it, you know, cause I, I want to be with this person. So with mine, that didn't happen like that. He was not up front. And so it was a totally different situation, but at the same time, I was time, just about making money. Yeah. Like I, I was always about making money. That was and, my whole thing. But I see no matter what, you know, God loves the manipulator mm-hmm. and he loves the person that's trying to be a CEO of other people, trying to control people that, you know, even if it's to harm them, there's something inside of that person that brought them to that place where they decided to do this for a living, you know? And, and I just, I, again, I am not being a sympathizer. I am saying that we need to have compassion kind of and we need to pray for them and we need to let them know that, that God loves them. Yep. What was that scripture that you wanted to share? Oh, um, which one? Okay. The God is love one. Okay. So you asked me two of my, my favorite scriptures in the Bible. And, you know, um, so my very first one is, like I said, growing up a Jehovah Witness has kind of screwed me up because it was like I was always taught I was never good enough. I was, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. Nobody ever brought out what was the good thing in me. So I learned to just keep pulling out what was bad about me. And, and so we have to start, it's called positive um, parenting too and and give people those positive positive affirmations that's about right, it, that's about right. themselves encourage them. and, and encourage the good things and uh-huh. show us what to do and how to do it as kids and that's one of my things is show them um my first scripture i want to say because i didn't realize god loved me as a kid i wasn't taught that god loved me mm-hmm. and it was um first john 4 yep. 8 first john 4 first john god is yeah. love bottom line that's, that's it right. that's all that's right. and then i was taught as a kid that money is bad money is horrible if you want money just be poor broken hungry oh. i'm sorry but poor, broken, that, hungry I, is not happiness. God wants us it to prosper. Not. And people don't know the I scripture. I really believe that. Yes. This, and let me tell you the scripture. When I'm learning the Bible on my own, listening to T.D. Jakes and other I people. I love T.D. Jakes. Ecclesiastes 10, 19 mm-hmm. says, The feast is made for laughter. Wine maketh life merry. And money is the answer for everything. Money doesn't make you bad. Money makes you who you really are. Yeah. And if you're a giving person, but two, I'm a very giving person. I had to learn boundaries. I want to make hundreds of millions of dollars. And, you know, I'm doing things to change my life to learn but that you're, to study. you're generous because you've yeah. donated to Destiny House before. Yes. A big check before. Because yeah. you've got a giving heart. So if God put money in your hand and he, he does make you a multimillionaire, which I believe he will, you're going to do the right thing with it, Lori. Because you know what money in the wrong hands does, too. And I want to teach people what you say, uh, f- f- fishers of men. Yeah. So I don't want to do it for you. 
I want to teach you what I'm doing and how I'm doing to get there and what I'm doing, the, the sacrifices I've had to make and learn to, I'm learning the stock market right now. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's been challenging, but it's what I wanted no, to do awesome. when I was 18. You, you're self-taught and I, and I I'm, love and I'm that. Taking, and and it's, I have to pay for the classes. So speaking of that, so you got out, I mean, obviously you broke up with Rob and then what brought you to your knees? Okay. And then we'll get into that part because I remember that phone call that I got and the, uh, the text I got from my friend, our mutual friend that was with my ex. <laughs> what brought me to my knees, um, I lost everything mm -hmm. except for I was almost homeless, had to go back to the game, keeping the roof over my head, um, not speaking to my family, having to tell them, no, I can't help him anymore because I was a giver, I was a giver, I was a giver. I couldn't help anybody. I couldn't even help myself. And I just started snorting a Coke. And one day I snorted two eight balls. I drank a gallon of vodka Ugh. straight out the bottle. Oh my God. And I snorted it and snorted it and kept on going. And I said, I'm probably going to have a heart attack. I'm probably going to die tomorrow yeah. or tonight. I took about 15 Xanax during the whole process because my heart would start yeah. beating so yeah. crazy. So I'd take a Xanax. Then I'd be like, hold on. Then I'd snort another line or two or five or 10. Yeah. And then I'd take it's three Xanax. Up or down, up or down. So up or I was down. And, I was, mm -hmm. and I kept saying to myself, I'm probably going to die. And I'd turn up my, I had a gallon, turn up the gallon of vodka, sitting there on my kitchen counter, went to sleep, went and laid down. And I woke up and it was so painful. And I just wanted to die. Yeah. I was on a mission to die. Yeah. And I woke up. And it was the most painful, painful, painful experience. Coming off of all that yeah. alcohol, I dug in my own trash can looking for a bottle of alcohol. Every cabinet in the house. Something to just get me through to yeah. fix it. It was so painful. I'm serious, like days. I just went through seizures by myself. I was by myself. I don't know how many days passed, 10 days, 15 days. I don't know. And then she found me, that person found me in my bed balled up and I remember her holding me like a baby yeah just rocking me. yeah just bless rocking her heart me. <laughs> bless her little heart and so that's when I just was like and you know for me I want to say that's when I just said okay God's not done with mm -hmm. me yet mm -hmm. and I didn't know exactly what to do but I was like all right well apparently Annie's doing this thing and let me figure this out I know she called me and she said can you please Annie please reach out to Lori and I go what's going on she's like I, I, you need to help her. And I, was I was like, so tired I, of being strong. <laughs> I was so tired. And it was like, I hadn't talked to you in years. And I know we had words before, even before the, the game was over. And we, we became friends in the end. But it was really intense for me. I just was like, Lord, help her. Yeah. And I just, wanted to, I just wanted to comfort you. You know, whatever I could do. Um, I felt unjudged. I yeah. came, started coming to your courses and your yeah, classes, yeah, yeah. Little, and I was really quiet. <laughs> and, and I was just like, I started Our feeling little Bible study unjudged, we were <laughs> and like people were just accepting and loving. And and this is what I, I was not taught in church. You know, yeah. I wasn't taught that. I just was judged all the time, and how bad, and I'm going to get the finger pointed at me. You know, and and so it was just it was life changing. It was life changing. I just want to say thank you, too. Oh, you're going to make me cry. Thank you, too. And for me, I got to say, um, it's about constantly surrendering. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not the one-time surrender. Right. It's, your, brain, it's, your brain's reprogramming itself, it's too. It's constantly and you're surrendering. You're finding that original pathway that created that darkness, right? Yeah. You know, you guys, we're going to come right back. Uh, 
I want to hear what Lori's doing now and also just the good things. What came out of this that was good? I mean, we heard a couple things, but I think there's a lot more to say about what God's done in her life and what he's doing now and what he's about to do. She's written a script about her life. She's going to have a movie soon. We're so excited for her. We'll see you in a little bit. Let's talk about the pimp game. I really want to control the whole whore. I want to be the boss of her life, even her thoughts. I got to con them that Lincoln never freed the slaves. Iceberg slim pimp. A pimp is a master manipulator. In fact, I've heard it said many times that pimp stands for power in manipulating people. At first, he acts charming and loving, playing the role of a devoted and committed boyfriend. And ultimately, these winning tactics are used to control and manipulate his prostitute, a.k.a. sex trafficking victim, and hold her captive by making her think she will lose his love if she doesn't do what he asks. More times than not, a prostitute, a.k.a. sex trafficking victim, is psychologically tricked into thinking that the pimp loves her, will protect her, and will take care of her for the rest of her life. In reality, the pimp pulls the strings through verbal, mental, and severe physical abuse. A pimp is the master, the girl, his slave. It could be a little boy. It could be a young lady, a young woman. I wrote this book about my life, my autobiography, Fallen Out of the Sex Industry and Into the Arms of the Savior, this is actually a really good educational piece that you can read to learn more about sex trafficking in America and what it looks like in your own backyard. I'm from Minnesota, and that's where it first happened. And I want to encourage you to get this book. You can go on Amazon. You can go on our website, hookersforjesus.net. Click on the picture of the book, and we'll send it to you. Thank you. Welcome back to Annie's Pink Chair. I have my really precious friend, Lori Trotter here, and we're gonna end our segment. Finally, Lori, huh? We, we could talk for hours and days forever because of all the things that you've been through and I've been through, but I, I really like that you're sharing right now about how you just surrendered. Like you just, one day you were looking for alcohol and hung over and you just didn't wanna be there and God just showed up and and what happened? What was that moment like, like when you fully said the prayer and you just were like, I'm just going to, I'm going to try God, not Je not the Jehovah Witness God, right. but I'm going to try God for just who God. he really is. Yeah. He, he's my father. Unsure. I was still unsure. Yeah. I was very unsure for a while. Um, and so I just started coming to church with you and coming. I think I didn't come to church for a while. I just came to the Bible studies mm -hmm, at first mm -hmm. and started getting to know a few people and just, well, okay, getting comfortable and really hearing about who God is and hearing that God is love. And he is my papa. He is my daddy. He is my ultimate. And he loves me no matter what, when I fall down, no matter what I do, you know, he's like your parents, they're going to love you through it all. But he's yeah. going to be like, when you're tired of bumping your head. Right, right. Come on, babe, I got you. Right. My arms are wide open. Mm -hmm. And that's what I always have to remember. And, you know, too, then you get in your new little, oh, I'm like 
all about God now. And then you get like, oh, <laughs> I know that the, 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 the Pharisee attitude comes yeah, along. And God the checked couple. me. Let me tell you, open my it Bible happens one day, everybody, I think. And I still, like, I still have to remember. Quit God judging said, people. <laughs> he said the Pharisees, like, God forgive me, or the tax collector, yeah. and the and the the high Matthew. priest was like, mm-hmm. yep. And the high priest was like, oh, at least I'm not like him, and at least I'm not doing that, and at least I'm not. But the tax collector's down on his knees praying, God forgive me. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a terrible, terrible yep. sinner. So that's what I have to constantly say. You know, yeah. God, I am no better. I, I think the more that we know the scriptures and the stories in the Bible, it's like we get this weird, like, knowledge thing going mm-hmm. on. And we're like, oh, we know more than you. Or or this is not how you're supposed to do it. What the, the beauty about being a human being is God loves us just the way we yep. are. Even if we never changed, he would still love us. And even if somebody's path is a he little w- different yeah. than yours or mine is different than yours or however. We can't judge like, gays. No, we can't judge none. anybody. God is love. Colors of skin. And I think God races, makes us cultures. so different. We are, you're so different and I'm so different. God gives us sandpaper. And I think he makes people exactly who they are because mm-hmm. he's like, are you going to love them like I do? But that's right. He sees. I'm giving you this person that you want to be like, oh, they Ugh, ugh. And he's like, no, are you going to love him like I do? Mm-hmm. Well, I love that person very mm-hmm. much. So so tell me your second favorite scripture. Oh, <laughs> I didn't read to you. Okay. So it's Ecclesiastes 10.19. Oh, we and, talked about yeah, that. But yeah, so that say it again. It. I want to hear it again. A feast is made for laughter. A lot of people don't know about this scripture. A feast is made for laughter. Wine maketh life merry. And money is the answer for everything. And if you think about it, you know... If you had a hundred million dollars, I met a man who just made a hundred and twenty-two million dollars that sold half of his business. I was like, "Wow, it's possible!" So I think God lets me know, like, it's possible. Mm-hmm. It's possible, and, and, and money is favor anyway. It's it just is. it's 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 a piece of paper with a, an amount printed on it to buy something or to yeah. to pay someone and to help you, you with something, with right? Or to invest into something, yeah. right? And that's so the thing. That's like, all it is. It's just favor on paper. But what are we going to do with the money? But so many of us are taught just to spend our little bit of money and spend How it about all. put it away put it's all called, of it away it's and called then a what? poverty mentality too right. when we just spend every dime we have where i've just learned that you get a paycheck you spend every last dime you get a paycheck and you never save any and it's not just about in saving what are you investing in because if you're going to start i had to learn this and i'm learning stocks now um and i was loving starbucks well i'm gonna be honest I was like, whoa. So I started learning the <laughs> Starbucks market. I started learning the stock market following this guy. I did a, a trade with Starbucks back in May when all this crazy pandemic started. And let me tell you, it made me a nice sum of money to get through for a while. Mm-hmm. And That's I was good. like, well, if I could do this one time, you but yeah, I had to, you have to yeah. not get in your greed just because yeah. it happened one time. Slow your roll. You yeah. got it like that. What if it doesn't happen like baby that again? Steps again the baby steps, baby steps, and listening to this guy and me losing a $3.2 million one time because of my greed and listening to somebody, I take baby steps now. Yeah, that's good. You hear from God, his voice. And so the the other thing was, is that you are now on this path where you're doing stocks and you are actually writing your, your life story right now. And you're working with someone to get that on paper, right? To make a script so you can do a series. Correct. We, we, uh, I was always wondering, um, I talked to, so I had men looking at it mm-hmm. first for a while and all the, I had men wanting to do it. And I just felt like, you know, when I go do something, I go big, we go big, you gotta go big. Well, men don't get it though. And, like, they, like and I needed a woman's like how your show, yeah. a woman's point of view. Mm-hmm. And I, so I kept saying, you know, I just had to put it down for a while. I was already spending a lot of money on it, putting my own, my finances into it. Um, I, I hired, uh, um, 
um, what do you call the, uh, they help you write, when, a ghostwriter. Yeah. And I just felt like he wasn't getting, and I, and I needed to speak really raw. And I, he was a square, and I, you know what a square is. So I needed People to don't speak, know what a square is. We yeah. need to know what that is. As someone that works a normal job that doesn't break the law. Yeah, not even a just a square. I, not that kind of square, but <laughs> I needed to speak a certain language right. coming from the streets and mm-hmm. how I was hood. And so I needed to go back to that, and I just wasn't comfortable, and I had to say some things to him. And so he still wasn't getting my point of view, and he'd write it his way. So I was probably in about 25000 and I was like, yeah... I can't keep doing this. So I put it down and then I talked to somebody. They weren't getting it. Then I put it down and that wasn't getting it. So I had people wanting to do it, but I felt like it wasn't the right one. So finally I asked a good friend of mine who's very high up in the music industry. And he said to me, I said, hey, you probably know somebody. He said, yeah, I have this girl. You check her out. And so, you know, she told me, she said, yeah, we're supposed to do this. You know, the eventually it's going to happen. And I got to do a lot of rewriting. I mm-hmm. got to dig into some 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 deep dark spaces you know um but it's gonna come out that's you know? gonna be awesome i'm gonna, gonna be gonna praying be for you for that Thanks. too it's called fairy tales by the way so i'm excited and it's about us choosing to write our own fairy tale we you you get to write your own ending we have to write our own fairy tale so ending. say that to the camera that's your camera okay. i want you to tell someone out there that's stuck right now that that, that oh. we're exactly where you were okay in the bed with that bottle of alcohol, waking up, can, what can you tell that person? Number one, you have to lay it down. We manifest almost everything we put into our lives. I believe in manifestation, and that's God. God says, are you worthy? Do you feel you're worthy? You are worthy. You mm-hmm. are loved. You have to know that. You have to know you are a child of the Most High. Right. If He is our King, You are the queen and the prince and the princess. So do they not live a wonderful, amazing life? Do they not deserve the best? Do you not deserve the best? And when you really believe it and you really know it, and it not just gets in here, but it gets in here. And you got to fight those those thoughts. You got to fight that negativity and know I am deserving. I am a child of the most high. I deserve nothing but the best. So if we're in bad relationships, being treated poorly, you live in poverty, change your mindset, give it to God and ask him to help you change this right here, this right here, because you can have a good heart, but we got to fix this. Mm. I say a big amen right now. Thank you so much, Lori. That was awesome. And how can people find you? What's your handle on your Instagram and your and your Facebook? Um, my Instagram on it's Ray R E Y of Sunshine because I do um, you know I put the truth out there too when I'm going through bad days. And, and then I'm what's your stuff. Facebook? It's Ray of Sunshine seven 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 on IG, and my Facebook is actually. I just changed it to Lori Trotter. Okay, then Lori Trotter. Just Lori Trotter. Well, thanks for coming on today, Lori. Thank you. I really, I really appreciate it, and I'm so glad to connect with you again. And after 30 years, yay! God is good. You guys, this was amazing, and I'm so thankful that you came with us today to listen to our story about getting out of the game and coming into the Jesus lifestyle. We love you. Thank you.